Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. We've been going through the Old Testament, seeing how Jesus and his gospel factors into every story. If you've missed any of them, search through the podcast or vlog for the studies on the books of Genesis through Ruth. As we continue God's story, which is really our story, I am changing how we go through the bulk of the rest of the Old Testament. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, the historical books get a bit confusing as the timeline isn't straight. My goal is to, as for the next studies, is to do them in historical sequence. So we'll bounce around the Old Testament, but the stories will make better sense. Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible, and we'll find him everywhere as we go along. Um, you'll also see how the Old Testament sets us up for the New Testament. And I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies along with podcast playlists on my blog. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart and eyes and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Are you a born-again Christian with Catholic friends or family members? Have you struggled with how to bring up the truth of Jesus' salvation? I had the same problem, so I put together a free ebook, The Catholic Mission Field in Our Backyards. It's a guide to help you start the conversation and plant the seed that will get them thinking, am I missing something? Check it out. It's a free download on my website. You'll find the link in the show notes. Oh, please, let me know if it helped you. Jeremiah chapter 4. Is God predicting the apocalypse here? Is the world doomed? Yes and yes. God's words here are very descriptive and there's no doubt what he's talking about. He's telling Jeremiah about the end of the world, the apocalypse. In order to have a new heaven and a new earth, the old ones have to go. That happens in the Great Tribulation. It's going to happen. Here God is promising it, and God keeps his promises. You really want to make sure you're right with God. Let's dig in. Jeremiah chapter 4. O Israel, says the Lord, if you wanted to return to me, you could. You could throw away your detestable idols and stray away no more. Then when you swear by my name, saying, as surely as the Lord lives, you could do so with truth, justice, and righteousness. Then you would be a blessing to the nations of the world, and all the people will come and praise my name. Coming judgment against Judah. This is what the Lord says to the people of Judah and Jerusalem. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts. Do not waste your good seed among thorns. O people of Judah and Jerusalem, surrender your pride and power. Change your hearts before the Lord, or my anger will burn like an unquenchable, un unquenchable fire because of all your sins. Shout to Judah and broadcast to Jerusalem. Tell them to sound the alarm throughout the land. Run for your lives. Flee to the fortified cities. 
raise a signal flag as a warning for Jerusalem or Zion. Flee now, do not delay, for I am bringing terrible destruction upon you from the north. That's Babylon. A lion stalks from its den, a destroyer of nations. It has left its lair and it's heading your way. It's going to devastate your land. Your towns will lie in ruins with no one living in them anymore. So put on clothes of mourning and weep with broken hearts for the fierce anger of the Lord is still upon us. In that day, says the Lord, the king and the officials will tremble in fear. The priests will be struck with horror and the prophets will be appalled. Then I said, O oh, sovereign God, the people have been deceived by what you said, for you promised peace for Jerusalem, but the sword is held at their throats. The time is coming when the Lord will say to the people of Jerusalem, my dear people, a burning wind is blowing from the desert, and it's not a gentle breeze useful for winnowing grain. It's a roaring blast sent by me. Now I will produce your destruction. Our enemy rushes down on us like storm clouds. His chariots are like whirlwinds. His horses are swifter than eagles. How terrible it will be, for we are doomed. O oh, Jerusalem, cleanse your heart that you may be saved. For how long will you harbor your evil thoughts? Your destruction has been announced from Dan and the hill country of Ephraim. Warn the surrounding nations and announce this to Jerusalem. The enemy is coming from a distant land, raising a battle cry against the towns of Judah. Then surround Jerusalem like they surround, sorry, they surround Jerusalem like watchmen around a field, for my people have rebelled against me, says the Lord. Your own actions have brought this upon you. This punishment is bitter, piercing to the heart. Jeremiah weeps for his people. Verse 19. My heart, my heart, I writhe in pain. My heart pounds within me. I cannot be still, for I have heard the blasts of enemy trumpets and the roar of their battle cries. Waves of destruction roll over the land until it lies in complete desolation. Suddenly my tents are destroyed. In a moment, my shelters are crushed. How long must I see the battle flags and hear the trumpets of war? My people are foolish and do not know me, says the Lord. They are stupid children who have no understanding. They are clever enough at doing wrong, but they have no idea how to do right. Jeremiah's vision of coming disaster. Verse 23, I looked at the earth and it was empty and formless. I looked at the heavens and there was no light. I looked at the mountains and hills and they trembled and shook. I looked at all the people, I looked and all the people were gone. All the birds of the sky had flown away. I looked and the fertile fields had become a wilderness. The towns lay in ruins crushed by the Lord's fierce anger. This is what the Lord says, the whole land will be ruined, but I will not destroy it completely. The earth will mourn and the heavens will be draped in black because of my decree against my people. I have made up my mind and I will not change it. At the noise of charioteers and archers, the people flee in terror. They hide in the bushes and run for the mountains. All the towns have been abandoned, not a person remains. What are you doing, you who have been plundered? Why do you dress up in beautiful clothing and put on jewelry? Why do you brighten your eyes with mascara? Your pimping will do you no good. 
the allies who were your lovers despise you and seek to kill you. I hear a cry like that of a woman in labor, the groans of a woman giving birth to her first child. It is beautiful Jerusalem or Zion gasping for breath and crying out, help, I'm being murdered. Theodore you know, Jeremiah 4. Judgment comes to Judah and to the whole world. That's what's interesting about Old Testament Bible prophecy. It starts with local immediate judgment, then switches to distant futures. God says to the people that if they wanted to turn to God, they could have done so at any time. But no, they kept worshiping the fake gods and man-made idols. And look what happened. If you want, you can turn to Jesus right now. The great thing is that he will accept you as you are. As long as you come to him with a contrite heart that's sorry and repenting of your sins, he will forgive you. Yes, it's that simple. Here we have creation in reverse. Pastor Sandy Adams explains, quote, this is a flashback to the opening act of creation in Genesis 1 verse 2. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. God is going to return the land of Judah to the same shapeless, sunless morass that he had in the beginning when he created the earth. This idiom is so pungent, so strong, some Bible commentaries consider these verses the most for forceful and ominous in all of prophetic literature. Read properly, they make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. There's no doubt the scope of this prophecy goes beyond the local judgment of Jeremiah's day and foreshadows what will occur at the end of the age. Here is a creation in reverse. When God created the earth in Genesis, he started with a world that had no form and void and darkness was on the deep. But then God added light and dry ground and plants and birds and beasts and finally man. But here, when God gets through with his judgments, there was no man. The birds had fled. The fruitful land was no more. Everything is broken down in a reverse creation. At the end of the age, much of the planet will be destroyed. Collateral damage in God's judgments. But the earth's judgment won't be complete. God will begin a massive restoration. Yet here, Jeremiah says, God will bring the earth to the brink of its annihilation. Again, it's obvious the scope of Jeremiah's prophecy has gone beyond the Babylonian invasion to events that will occur at the end of the age. This is often what happens with Bible prophecy. The prophet starts with a local immediate judgment, but his vision spills over and looks a future to the end of time when cataclysmic events will rock the whole earth looks to the future that's from sandy pastor sandy adams and if you want to uh watch the whole video um you can click on over to my website and there's a link there to his website history repeats itself the same thing that happened back then is happening now that's humankind's problem we don't learn from history thus we are doomed to repeat it that leadership kings politicians, presidents, dictators, false teachers, prophets, misled everyone away from the truth. Now we can throw popes and bishops and cardinals in there and early church fathers. 
they misled everyone away from the truth, away from God and into sinful acts that are an abomination to God. As God sent his judgment to Judah by way of the Babylonians, so he will send his judgment on the world in the very near future. You must surrender your pride and power. That's what submitting to God means. Is pride holding you back? Are you so enslaved to and hung up on religious tradition and rituals that you can't see the light of salvation? In the end times, the idols, dead people like Mary and the saints that you pray to light candles for, venerate and worship will not help you one bit. The good news is that God is warning us for a reason. Just like he forewarned the Jews in the Old Testament, he's forewarning us today. Peter wrote in um, third, um, Second Peter chapter three, no, Third Peter chapter two, I was confused, starting in verse nine. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. As some people think, no, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the thief, then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives should you live looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along? On that day, he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth he has promised, a world filled with God's righteousness. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. And remember, 2 Peter verse 3, I'm wrong. Uh, remember the Lord's, uh, our Lord's patience gives time, uh, gives people time to be saved. Second Peter chapter three, verse nine. God's plan of salvation is available to everyone. Yes, there will be judgment. And yes, this old earth will go away. So, hey, you, you know, you earth lover people, you know, it's going to go away. There's nothing you can do about it. However, God promises us a new heaven and a new earth. We don't have to do anything. God's going to do it for us. Furthermore, it's a fact that God keeps his promises. That is our confident hope. The choice is rather simple. Where you spend eternity is a choice you have to make now while you're alive and coherent. Once you die, it's too late. And there is no such thing as purgatory. It's heaven or hell, one or the other. If you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again, have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way nonstop ticket to heaven after you die and that you won't be left behind at the rapture. What you have to do is invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. There's a prayer in the show notes or you can click on over to my blog. I click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. I also have a lot of links in my blog where you can dig deeper into Bible prophecy, into salvation, into the rapture, everything. And I, and I embedded a beautiful song at the bottom in Christ alone because that explains exactly 
what Jesus and salvation is all about. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. If you're a born-again believer helping a Catholic friend or family member start reading the Bible, it's a great idea to give them one. But which version or translation would be a good one for them? There are too many to choose from. As a former Catholic, it helped me to have a Bible translation in plain, everyday English. And I know many evangelical Christians are very much attached to the King James Version. That's fine if that's what you grew up with. Remember, Catholics have grown up with priests and nuns telling them they don't need to read the Bible. All they have to do is trust the church to teach them what they need to know, only they don't, and that's the problem. When I first started going back to church, a well-meaning friend told me to get a King James Version. Well, guess what? I got frustrated with the these and thous and stopped reading it, totally defeating the purpose. Eventually, I got the new international version, or the NIV, and that was the best for a new Christian to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Today, I also study from the New King James Version, or NKJV, and the New Living Translation, the NLT. I'm now an affiliate of Christian Book Distributors, and I've chosen three study Bibles that will be a great gift for that Catholic or progressive friend whom you'd like to help get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. They are also a great, they're also great for the new Christian believer. Check them out. The link is in the show notes. And by the way, all commissions will be donated to one or more of the Bible translating ministries listed on my site. So give the gift of the word of God and help spread the word while you're at it. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times, but know that things aren't falling apart. They are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my Father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. 
Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.